We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Today we're talking the superhero of a human being in Phil Mickelson. Gentlemen, Lou Stagner and Scott Fawcett with us. Obviously, how are you both doing? Uh, any 50-year-olds in the house or near? Put your hands up now. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be 48 <laughs> in uh, July 4th, maybe. Dead the silence for a second there as everyone contemplated giving out their age. So we're talking Phil Mickelson. What's his secret sauce? I'm really looking forward to this. Lou's got some stats. I'm sure Scott has as well. I just want to know what's in the coffee. Right, Phil Mickelson. Is he a six-time major winner now? Six times, he is. Yeah, that's so pretty who, good. Who, who is he comparing himself to if we're just doing the good old major count? Faldo was six. Was Gary Player six or was he more? Or does anyone know? Have I thrown a question out there that no one can answer? Does anyone know? How, who's he competing six with? Six puts him in the league with Trevino, Faldo, and Mickelson. That's it. So Trevino it's pretty. Faldo have six. Yeah. I mean, the names ahead of him, obviously, it's the Nicholas Woods, Walter Hagen, Hogan, Player, Watson, Varden. Bobby Jones, Gene Sarazen. You know, it's actually an interesting question somebody threw on Twitter. Is Phil Mickelson a top 10 all-time player now? And I just immediately like, yes, obviously. And then they threw out a list of here's the top 10. And I'm like, that's a pretty good list. And this is where, shocker, I'm not a golf historian. I just look at names like Walter Hagen, Harry Varden, Bobby oh, Jones. Don't, don't start, Lou, I'm on those people. It. We'll I'm be talking buying. ponds and fish and sizes. <laughs> Let's not go I'm that just, way again. Uh, <laughs> I'm not buying Bobby Jones. I know no, he's I the founder you. of Augusta. Here's my lack of ever playing Augusta again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again. But, he says that. I don't see it. No. I think so he's he, a top 10 player. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Wasn't it? I mean, let's just quickly, I mean, the PGA, I don't think, I don't know anyone apart from the people who didn't actually win it themselves. I think the whole golfing world was just loving watching a shaded up Mickelson win the major at 50 or whatever age he is. He is 50, I think, isn't he? Wasn't it just fantastic, Lou? What do you, I mean, I know you were happy. You're a big Mickelson fan. Oh, it was great. I enjoyed every, I was nervous on every single shot. Phil is capable of hitting an 
anywhere on the planet with every swing and <laughs> with every a time smile he, on his face right and every time he pulled the club back i was just on the edge of my seat waiting for disaster to strike and i was so happy that he got through and, and pulled it off it was so much fun great yeah, for absolutely. golf really good for golf yeah it was it's such a good narrative and that's what i'm loving it just like it was such a high there was no whinging about how far he hits it because apparently if you're 15 you hit it that far you're not wrecking golf it's all right um you know it was just it was just a brilliant celebration of what our sport can do why are you laughing at scott what have you found if it's 50 it's okay to do like that was amazing yeah yeah absolutely it was just oh it was everything about it it was fantastic. So what's the secret sauce? What has he got? Anyone got any stats for me of any interest over his career? Because he's been winning pretty much his whole career, has he not? He has been. What, he's up to 45 wins now? Um, he's it's incredible been... to have won as an amateur and then followed up with a win at 50. Like, that's really yeah. ridiculous. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah amazing. Uh, he's been he's been good his entire career, um, and he's been he's had seasons where he's been good in every category. Um, uh, his entire career, he's just a good player, right? He is absolutely a good player. Um, he is uh, a little bit better at some things than than other things. Uh, he's really good short game, and I, I wish we had strokes gain stats from pre two thousand four. So I I base a lot of this on uh, you know two thousand four and after when I can look at a little bit more detail. But he was a, a really good short game player. Um, he had years where he was great off the tee. Um, he had years where he was great with his approach play. He had years where he's a really good putter. Um, and sometimes he brings that all together. And when he brings it all together, he, uh, together he wins a lot. And yeah. that's why he's got 45 wins. So is he, is we take, let's comparing to someone like Tiger, and I don't mean to, I mean, I'm just plucking that name as obviously one of the best of all time. And I know whenever I say that word, Lou jumps in and says, you just can't compare anyone to Tiger. So I, I don't mean it in that sense. But what I mean is that, did Tiger not show more consistent patterns of performance as in, he was just an amazing approach player most of the time. His driving might have fluctuated and I don't know what his other stats like. Is Phil, are you saying, fluctuating more with each aspect of the game and then sometimes they just all line and off he goes? Is that what you're saying, Lou? Well, I mean, let's just talk about approach play. Tiger yeah. is the best approach player of all time. Yeah. Um, and Tiger gains more than twice per shot what Mickelson gains with approach play over, over their career. Right. So Tiger is twice as good as Mickelson with approach play and Mickelson has uh, more variance in his approach play as well. So not only is he gaining less per shot with his approach play, he's wilder than tiger with his approach play. So he hits, uh, he hits more bad ones. He, you know, he just has higher variance with his approach play, but it's not to say that Mickelson didn't have some years where he was a really good approach player, 2006, 2011, 2008, 2004. These were some pretty good years for him i don't have the the ranking in front of me i'm just looking at strokes gained per shot and just kind of doing some quick math in my head but uh, i'm guessing he was well up there in, in each of those years with uh, strokes gained per round with approach play but tiger was just so much more consistent and at such a higher level than phil was yeah absolutely and then, so what about his driving then? I mean, if you if you stereotype the idea of someone like Mickelson that we've watched for years, we're going to say that his driving's erratic. 
people often don't really mention approach play because it's kind of that middle bit that people forget about. Putting and short game, fantastic. Uh, I mean, what's the story with his driving? You're saying it's up and down, basically. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, in the uh, you know in the strokes gained era, he he had some years where he did really well. The early years, uh, 04 through you know 09, 2010, he he was he did pretty well off the tee. Um, very serviceable. He's always been uh, a little bit. Uh, again, more variance, right? And it's a, kind of an interesting question. Like Mickelson, and this is where I get out of my lane. And I'm not a I'm not a swing instructor. And this is a question for you, Mark. He's a little bit steeper, and he does some things in his swing similar to I think what I do in some ways. Uh, I mean, I'm yeah, not comparing my swing to Phil. No, he does. He does. But, he, but he gets, does that lead him to higher variance because of the those kind of things like that are similar to me? It's something you would explore with him. And I think it's something a coach did try and explore with him in the last X amount of years. And I don't know where he went from it. I remember doing talks with the fantastic Joe Mayo, Trackman Maestro. And he used to always say in his talk that um, Phil Mickelson, in his opinion, is the most talented, in inverted commas, golfer that the world has ever seen because of the position that he gets into with his lead wrist on the way down bit extended quite a lot of um, angle left in there which is what leads to that variance or what we would definitely want to find out if that leads to that variance joe used to say for him to win the amount of times he wins shows you how amazing he is at getting that club back on that ball from a position like we see amateurs getting those positions and they don't get the face back on the ball they yeah Lou put hey, his what about me there. come on yeah. but do you see what i mean so i used to think that was a really yeah that was a really good analogy of his movement from joe there because it was basically saying like this guy is just such an athlete to be able to perform the way he does with the movement that we see which you just don't see in so many world-class players so yeah it's something that you would like we've all swing things i think lou as well i think the biggest problem with when people talk swing is that there's there's not many definites. It's so player specific. Like, is that the reason? Well, definitely it's one I'd want to explore. Is it the reason? We don't know. And this is why, you know, pros through history have dabbled with swing changes and gone down in the doldrums because, you know, the dabbling didn't work. It takes them two years and then dabble back to where they wanted to be. Um, but yeah, it's certainly on the surface. It, the angles he gets into on his downswing, I wince. Like I look yeah, at it and think, yeah. oh, if you like, if you aren't playing a lot or have got a certain level of coordination, yee like yee-haw. Yeah, that sounds speed. like, that You're sounds going, like me to a T. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's the kind of player that used to go to the range that I used to teach at and they would hit it over every fence. So they would hit it over the back fence because yeah. they were long. Yeah. They would hit it over the left fan- fence because they could carve it, and they could hit it over the right fence because they could snap hook it. And I used to just think, shall we hit seven irons today? Because the neighbours are fed up of the balls going over, and I don't want this range to shut. Yeah, that sounds, again, that sounds wild. just like me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Phil and I are, I mean, we might as well be twins. We're, we're, yeah, so, we're very close. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He does really. have six oh, more majors than I do. 
Yeah, I know. It's, and that's the thing. I think it's quite, it's only six, Luke. Only that's six. not that many. It's a small many. number. Yeah. Six. You can win in your 50s. I think exactly. You can win in your, I got a shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming for you, Phil. Yeah, absolutely. So, so back Scott, to Phil's driving, like pre-2004, yeah. he was a decent driver pre-2004. If you look at the total driving stat, which I know it's not as good as strokes gained, but total driving, I've done, I've looked at total driving rank and compared that to strokes gained rank for off the tee. And there's a really good relationship there. So there yeah. is definitely some use in looking at what, your total driving. Where did he rank in totals back in the uh, mid-90s, late 90s? Yeah, back in the, he was, uh, you know, Top thirty, uh, lower than that in some years with total driving. Uh, way lower than that. Total driving in conjunction with fairway percentage before, because I think trying to blend as many of those things together and then find the correlation between that and strokes gained driving would be interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I've looked at it a couple of different ways, and and um, I've tried to like weight uh, distance and accuracy and trying to. Um, see if I can improve the uh, the correlation between uh, strokes gained off the tee and total driving distance and fairways hit. Um, and I, I really couldn't improve it that much. I, I didn't put a significant amount of time into doing that, but I, I tried to, but it's a pretty good relationship. So when I look back and see like, you know, Corey Pavin back in his first two years on tour and his total driving, he was, I don't know, top 20 in total driving. And then he <laughs> fell off the face of the planet, started to hit it short. Uh, and um, he, you know, went, he plummeted in total driving after that. But early on, he was a really good player off the tee. And, and so there's definitely some value there in that stat. And Phil did great at it um, back in the day. Yeah. And Phil's not short, is he? Phil, Phil's out there, is he not? He oh, hits high, dirty, hilarious <laughs> seeds. <laughs> what he would tell that's, you. I mean, that's essentially the, I mean... <laughs> That's essentially the reason he won this. I mean, it's not the reason he won this week, but it was a big part of it. I mean, so he's been, he hasn't been positive strokes gained driving since 2015. So yes, Lou's wow. correct that he drove the ball better earlier in his career, but he hasn't drove, driven it well in half a decade at this point. And this week he had the two tee shots on 12 and 13 in the third round where he lost 0.85 and 1.96 shots. So he lost, you know, basically three shots on two drives and he was still plus 2.1 for the week. So that's, right. that's really good for him. I mean, again, he's, he has struggled. It's, it's definitely really good against anyone. It's really good him against himself. And yeah. I just think it's hilarious because he, I mean, he, I, I said it last year, like my bag setup will be a long driver and a higher lofted second driver, because the reason that you can draw three woods easier than drivers, if you're a fade player is because you can move it back with ball position. I don't see any reason the same idea wouldn't hold true with a driver, a 10 or 11 degree driver. So you've got it out there at 44 and a half, 45 inches. So you're getting the club head speed up. You're putting it back in your stance, which is taking the loft up off and putting it back in your stance is helping you move the path to the right. And I think it's a brilliant way to go. And this is where I'm, I'm working on a video. I haven't got it done yet, or I don't even know if it's even going to pan out yet. But my thesis is that whenever he brought out the 47 and a half inch driver last week, he cut it. And the shots that he had to draw were with the shorter one. So it's not like he's working driver both ways. He has a, basically he's got a souped up three wood in my opinion. Yeah. That is allowing him to work, work the ball both ways with, with ball position. And again, I've never been, 
a guy that says don't have a club you can't draw or work both ways. I'm saying with the longest club in your bag with actual driver loft, it's a really hard club to work both ways. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what Mickelson did. Again, I'm still going back to see. Unfortunately, it's not like Augusta where I can just go look at every single drive he hit over the course of a half an hour, really having to peel through it to find his tee shots. And I'm not going to be able to find all of them. So it'll still be, you know, somewhat speculative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do believe when he's pulling that long one out, he was slinging a cut out there. And at 47 and a half, he's hitting it so far. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's always been very good at tinkering with his clubs. I remember speaking with Callaway about him and he is a dream player for them because he is someone who will really play with his bag. Because I mean, when he won the Open, can you remember what club he had he made famous in the Open when he played the Open? When he won his Open? Remember the club he had? He had a Frankenwood. Oh, Yeah. So he basically, they may, I mean, they showed me, they made two of them, I think. And they showed me one of them for like, his bag. He had a specially made powerful, I think it was Freewood that you just couldn't buy. It was specially made for him. He's always been a tinkerer in the equipment um, uh, world, which is, you know, great for these chats as well. Well, that's so, what he uh, did when he, won his, when he won his first Masters. The week before he had two drivers in the bag in Atlanta, I'm pretty sure, at Sugarloaf. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he played at the Masters with two drivers, the, the first one that he won as well. Yeah. Because yeah. he won the, the week before, he won by like 12 shots or something at Sugarloaf at like 25 under or something like that with two drivers in the bag. I yeah. can't remember exactly though. So I have just a, a, let me ask this question. Go on. Um, it's not related to anything Phil's stats. Would Phil have won on Sunday if there was a shot clock? He took a long time to make a lot of decisions and hit Did shots he? on Sunday. I oh, didn't, yeah. I didn't he see was anyone very, talking about that on uh, the, Everything was slow. I mean, it took forever for them to play on Sunday. They were yeah. – I get it. It's a tough That's, course. I get the wind was up. It took a while, but he took a long time to pull the trigger on some shots. That's, so, that's the meditation routine, though, that I, in my opinion, where – it, it's like when Stuart Sink won and he's out there doing the decade math in the middle 18 fairway. I'm like, I love that you're doing this, but do it faster. You can do it as you're walking up to the ball. That's something that without getting into Phil's brain again, and obviously the dude just won a major. So certainly not second guessing what he did, but I do agree with you, Lou. He could have done a lot of these things a lot faster. I'm wondering if there's more he could have been done in the last 50 yards approaching his shot to start that meditation to where then he just has to choose his club as part of like a moving meditation and just get all that done a lot quicker. I, I, I do think I, I agree with you, but were they very far behind? I, I was watching on my phone and at a pool party. Everybody so. was slow, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. was slow. They just were not the, very far behind it. It was four and a half, over four and a half hours to play in twosomes, which see, I don't just think that's bad. It, I, I don't that's think horrible. that's bad. That's horrific. No, I don't think that's bad. I think you're, I don't, I, I, okay. Appeal to authority here. I don't think that people can, can that haven't played at that level can appreciate how hard and important every decision is. And that course, it's not a walker's delight. I mean, there is an extra 20 minutes of walking on that place. And I, I don't, I, I think if you can get people around in four and a half hours on a PGA tour Sunday in twosomes, I think that's totally acceptable. I don't think it's reasonable to offer we can play at my home course in a foursome in four hours. Like it's just, that's apples and oranges in my opinion. Three hours and 15 minutes. 
Yeah, huh? <laughs> that's a different pod, though. We'll do because that's got there's, there's so many different discussions that don't actually get had when we start talking about the pace of play, which can become such a dull subject. Because, I mean, just to put it into context, when you say he took a long time to play some of his shots, Lou, did you know if he was clear to go or did you know if he had time to there was waiting that like do oh, you no, know he was, that, he was clear to go yeah. you know that yeah and on I every even, occasion I, that you yeah. remark that you know that he was clear to go yeah, there, there, were, there were times where i brought the stopwatch out after brooks hit and he was second to play right and you know it, they they have a certain so the, amount of time that yeah, they need yeah. to hit the shot within and that just kind of goes out the window uh, yeah, and you're right. It's another discussion for for another pod. Are, it's, are you it's taking a, a shot at worms, that that one? Were you taking a shot at Phil right there, or at, at Brooks right there, that a 50 year old was blowing it past him by saying Phil was hitting second? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he blew it past him a few times. That's for sure. And then just one little quick question, because I want to move on to the next ones re- related to that point, because I don't want to hang too much on it. Well, like I said, I think we could do a whole pod on dry uh, pace of play and that those ideas. Um, is the um, with the um, pace of play, would they ever issue someone leading that popularity the penalty shot or whatever they're going to issue them? Because someone did get a penalty shot in the PGA, they did, yeah. yeah it's so subjective there. when you start the but, timer. But it, that's would, would he, but let's not let's not talk about that because I get what you're saying, Scott, and that's why I think it's a whole pod on that. The question is simple would they fine him or not? Full stop, yes or no. No, never. No, I don't think they would either. It's a publicity wrecker, isn't right. it? But then, sure. then, as Scott is saying, there's no consistency there. That's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll know, find that 14 year old kid at the Masters, however many years ago it was. Yeah, long, long, yeah. It's always, it's always the, it's always the easy sub. It's like, it's like saying, well, LeBron yeah. missed his free. Should we give it to him because he normally makes it, and it's better for the fans if he makes them. Like, it's just, you, it's one rule, isn't it? But anyway, let's move on. Well, what, to me, the, to me, the issue. With, uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah, because honestly, we'll do a whole pod on it. Maybe people in that post a review down below. Remember to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed. Putting it right in the middle here. Um, more of you can subscribe, I reckon, for the listeners that we're getting. And uh, definitely leave us a, re- a review telling us if you want us to hack out the old uh, slow blade <laughs> and be nice. Can I unsubscribe from that conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 50 people have just unsubscribed just, now because we might do another, that. Yeah, just another subject I don't actually care about that yeah, I'm going to put I out know, there and people are be like, you're wrong on Twitter. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Um, what stopped him winning more? That's a good question. What stopped Phil winning more? Surely he's a 10-time major uh, Tiger Woods. I mean, yeah, there you go. On. Maybe, yeah. but... I mean, he's won 45 times. What's That's his win rate? Has anyone got wins. his win rate? What? Where is he in the win rate world? Scott, you work on that. Lou, go on, I'm carry on. on well, I can tell you he's got 45 wins and 644 events. So whatever that turns out, whatever that turns out to be, 45 divided by 644, 7%. 7%. 7% win rate. Yeah. That's like up there. Who's incredible? In the, the reason yeah. that's, that's also up there is because he's – I mean, he's he's fifty. Most yeah, guys, yeah, he's been playing a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he had two seasons. This was something I prepared beforehand from nineteen ninety one to two thousand thirteen. Twenty two seasons. He only had two seasons. He didn't have a win in. He's Amazing. had five since two thousand fourteen. But in one of the, the the seasons without a win, he won as an amateur, and then his next year was a half a season. That's one of the years he didn't have a win in. Like it's. 
it's pretty damn impressive. Seven percent win rate is yeah, like that's up there with the best and better, is it not? Yeah. That is just up there. So what has stopped him winning more? Is it, well, why was he not a twenty-two percent uh, like I Tiger? Mean, well, I'm not going to ask that question. Of why Lou gets. I'll tell you one on one, horse. one event for sure. Um, Henrik Stenson on that heater over there in the UK when yeah. when, when they were battling. That uh, was a battle. Open. That was incredible. Yeah. I mean, Phil would have won like every major played up until that point, except Stenson uh, was just so far. You know, they were both so far ahead of the field, and Phil just was unlucky that one guy happened to be better that day. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, what stopped him winning more? Uh, Scott said Tiger, and you would have to kind of agree with that. Uh, if you take yeah, Tiger I, away, is anyone else in his era got a win rate at 7%? Um, let's take more let's take colin morikara out because he was about 10 percent last time we checked but he's only been playing yeah, about seven nobody minutes that's, <laughs> nobody that's played on tour for 10 years has got a seven percent win rate i mean nowhere near it surely well, DJ, like what's dj i mean yeah dj would be a good compare because you would say and like and people would argue even like even well i guess brooks is younger isn't he are we allowed brooks to talk win about it's terrible I mean, he's got it's the It's just major high, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't, yeah, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say terrible. It's pretty damn no, good. Sorry, bro. Yeah, so now, yeah. I've, now I've said he hits it shorter than Mickelson. The next he's time now I frowning Brooks, at you now. He's going to tattoo me in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I asked the question last week on, on Twitter, how many more career wins would Phil have had if we never had Tiger? And Brandel, uh, who we had on the pod yeah, yeah. prior episode, yeah. he had such a great, uh, quick, witty response to it. His response was, he'd have a few more wins, but only half the money. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger moved the needle with money, so Phil would have yeah. maybe won a few more. And then a few people chimed in on that thread, and I think they said that um, Phil finished runner-up to Tiger – uh, four times maybe with maybe one of those majors. I maybe um, I forget okay. exactly what what the count was, but and then some people chimed in and said, you know, would Phil have won a lot less if it wasn't for Tiger? Like, did Tiger drive Phil to actually be a better player? Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, really interesting conversation there. Hard, hard yeah. to know. It'd be something I, it would be interesting to ask Phil. Yeah, yeah I, I doubt that, thoughts. though. I mean, because you could make that argument anywhere, anytime. I mean, Tiger hasn't been – god damn, here we go. Tiger hasn't been relevant and wins in <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Phil keeps on winning. <laughs> Luckily, the Freightliner is here, so I'm going to have to take a 10-minute break from the podcast and let you all do this for a second. Okay, me, oh, me and Lou will carry this on before we you know who else you're going to offend while I go get my grass Let's stop you clear. there. Yeah. <laughs> so win rate at seven percent, Lou, is up there with the best of them, isn't it? For sure, yeah, that, that's well up there. I don't have that list in front of me, but yeah, that's if yeah. you can have a seven percent win rate on tour, you are doing pretty well. Okay, so I, well. absolutely. Last question, then. Hold on, I should note real quick that DJ has eight point three percent win rate. He's uh, twenty-four wins in two hundred and eighty-six events. Okay, that's interesting. So in theory, so, in theory, that's only going to go down, though, is it not? That's yeah. peaking, isn't it? It goes all the way to fifty for sure. Yeah. Obviously, it'll go down yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last question, then: Can he win again? Like, why oh. can't he just come over to St George's and win the Open? Like, there's no reason why he can't just win again, is there? 
I don't see. Yeah, I, I, he can definitely win again for sure. Um, it'll be hard at at his age, and and people are talking about Phil for the Ryder Cup. And if you look at his performance so far this year, other than winning the PGA, which I get is a big deal, he played great. He went on a heater. Um, things were going well for him. Other than that, he has not played well, and. To consider him for a Ryder Cup pick, I I wouldn't put him on the team. There's just zero chance. You know, he maybe brings the experience, but uh, as far as the quality of his play, other than last week, um, it's really not been there. So I struggle with that word. I struggle with that word, experience, certainly when it comes to the Ryder Cup. Like what? What does that word actually mean? I wonder. Do you well, know? Well, I mean, you- I think he's he's been there before, right? Imagine I can't imagine what it's like to play in a Ryder Cup, but being a first-time Ryder Cupper and uh, getting out on the course and playing in that environment um, uh, in a way that's much different than you typically play. Uh, normally, you're playing for yourself. You're playing for money. You know, this is just a very it's a team event. It's very different. Um, it's there's got to be some kind of an adjustment period for some players. And Phil has been there so many times that I'm sure that he can still work. gets nervous, but he would be very comfortable in that environment compared to somebody that's new. Yeah, but not being comfortable for some professional sports people makes them perform better, doesn't it? Maybe. Uh, but he, you know, he's that's where also... I don't get. That's where I don't get that. I mean, I, I, that's I, the competitors I've spoken to through the years. They if they haven't got the juices going they kind of start to, you know, disconnect. It's not, they can't focus as much. They need those juices. That's what they live for. That's what they practice for. I can't imagine like someone like Zalatoris getting up there the way he's playing at the minute, never played Ryder Cup. If he makes it, if he gets a pick or even just makes it, I don't know where he's in the standards. He ain't going to, he's just going to love every second of it. He's not going to fear that in any way. He's just no, going to step up and off he it, goes. It's just he's going to perform better. I mean, I, I maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. Hard to say, but uh, yeah. Phil, I think Phil is also guys look up to him and they respect him. There's a lot of respect for yeah. Phil and yeah. he might be able to have some kind of impact on the team and, you know, maybe bring Bryson and Brooks together, <laughs> which <laughs> could potentially help uh, yeah. the U S team. Um, yeah. Anyway. How would he do? How exactly would he do that? Lou, do you think? I have no <laughs> idea. Um, I have no idea, but Phil is a pretty magical guy. Um, I'm sure if anyone can make it happen, Phil can make it happen. He is the Superman, isn't he? So he I think is he, the Superman. I think he was well, so eager. Will he win another major? Yes or no? No, like you've got to no. I, no. I'm Will he win another know. tour event? Yes. Will he win another major? No. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just go, complete no. speculation. I have yeah, no yeah. clue, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, 50. Yeah. Do you want him to win another major? Oh, I really, yeah, I'd love to see him win another major. I'd love to I see want him, him go, to win one at 56. That'd be amazing. Or 59. Watson yeah. almost won at 59. He, I mean, to- he should have won. He should that have was at Turnbury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he, he gave should, it away. Yeah, he had a little bit of a way. I, I, I am not a Tom Watson fan. I never was Tom. Yeah, never. Never liked Tom Watson. Bombshell. Oh, yeah. he's the loveliest guy you'll ever meet. He's no. a fantastic player. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a good, great player. I don't know if he's the loveliest guy you'll ever meet. I can't what? say that. What? I've never met him in person. Um, but I am not a Tom Watson fan. Oh, my by word. Any stretch. Yeah, well, like... I didn't like when he tried to get Gary McCord fired back in the day. 
right? He was the one, Watson was the run, one that wrote the letter to Augusta about McCord and, and some of the things McCord was saying uh, uh, you know, during Masters coverage. Yeah. Um, and Watson, actually, if you go back and you can find and you can read the articles about it, uh, he tried to get him fired. And I thought, eh, you know, that that's not cool. And, <laughs> and after that, I'm like, nope, don't like Tom. He's Watson. out. He's out. No, he's out he's of off the, the list. <laughs> he's off Dead the, to me. He's but off the football in, list. In 2009, I was I actually wanted to see, you know, one for the old guys. And it was just so epic to see a 59 year old out there battling that, that oh, yeah. I would have loved to have seen him win, even though I'm not a Tom Watson fan. Yeah, there you go. I like it. So we reckon he can win again. Not sure he'll win a major again. 7% win rate, Phil Mickelson. I think that's something to hold on from for today's pod. Six majors is amazing. Um, but 7% win rate in the fields he's playing against is just up there with the best of them. Watching Phil do what he did, I think, like you said, Lou and Scott said as well, was just so good for golf. It was just such a great way of showing that the skills in our game are just so well divided up into different categories and also across different ages and skill sets. It's just fantastic to see. No, I had a, a friend of mine reach out to me who's not a, not a golf fan. Yeah. And after Mickelson won and he, he sent me a text and he said, this is exactly why I can't stand golf. It's like, there's no other sport out there. That's an actual real sport where a 50 year old is going to be able to compete. <laughs> so, really? Oh yeah. We battled back and forth, uh, back and forth on text message. Uh, I was defending the honor of golf. Uh, just yeah. So you know. Well done. Well done. Uh, and uh, he was of the opinion that uh, 50 year olds have no business competing with athletes, you know, half half that age. So. Well, they absolutely do. And he didn't even have any shots. There was no handicap. It was all off even. And he got out there and did it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he did. <laughs> he should get some senior shots. And it's just a final note as well, actually. The course was a winner. I think everyone really enjoyed watching the course, didn't they? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I thought there was... Um... Uh, and it, it played way longer than we thought, by the way. 300 way, yards longer, way, I saw, yeah, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, oh yeah, way longer. I, I don't have... Um... But yeah, I don't think you realized that my guess was adjusted for wind. But so mine was how long means. it. What are you so talking mine about? was mine That's was ridiculous. how long? No, mine was mine was for how long it was playing. You can't you average out, like out into and out. No, boo, boo. <laughs> so your your guess was seventy three fifty. Yeah. Um, and my Scott. guess was seventy three eighty eight. Oh, so you've won because Scott, Scott was lower was than mine. Seventy two eighty six. Yeah. So you've won. I by, did win in the by actual... thirty yards. Yeah, I, I did win. Um, what do I win for that? Um, you win nothing. Nothing. You win nine holes with Tom Watson. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm in. I'd, I'd love to play with him. It'd be, it'd be great. Um, the actual average yardage over the four, yard, uh, four rounds was 7,643, yeah. which I didn't look into it in detail yet, but in uh, the, all of the years that we have good data, uh, four, which is back to 2004. I think that is the longest setup in PGA Tour history. I don't think yeah, we've had a. Be. I don't think we've had a golf course that is has but, averaged longer than that over four days. 
But joking aside, and uh, like with the wind playing an element, which it played all four days, how much of that yard yardage was added and taken away? As in, if I've got a course that's, you know what I'm saying, if I've got a course of 7,000 yards average and I can play it at 6.8 and it's pretty good and I can play it at 7.5, I've played open qualifying where they play it front tees into the wind because there's certain carries where you just will not make the fairway because they know which way the wind's blowing so they come in in the morning they set it up and go look these are just going forward and these ones are going to go back because otherwise the course is unplayable that's what links courses do they've always done that i've played par fours at links courses where i've hit a wedge one day and i can't reach it the next day par fours you know that's the kind of win that we're used to playing in uk links courses so i do wonder how much of that seven six does work in actually how much it was actually playing like 470 yard par four wind slightly down off the right you know i'm not hitting much in there if it's running i can get it going yeah but not a, not every hole plays downwind not every no place. i understand kind of that, on that topic it, this is this is pretty wild i came across this the other day this is going to blow your minds um so the uh, mercedes championship um back in 2004 yeah the fourth round that's played at in hawaii right at the uh, plantation so windy. Course. yeah windy the 18th hole um that year it's downhill downwind um yeah it's the big curvy the, one isn't it the field on on that day the the average drive for the field was 408 <laughs> yards <laughs> that day 408 dl3 hit it like 476 um yeah so yeah, Hawaii, so Hawaii has ruined the game. Hawaii has ruined the game. <laughs> but I came across that, and I was like, my eyes kind of popped out where the the average drive was four oh eight on that hole. But it was humming downwind, and it's crazy downhill, and the fairway is like you know, it's like a thousand yard wide fairway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so anyway. Cool. There you go. Well, Scott's back. Scott, I'm just going to just, um, I'm just going to catch you up before we sign off. Cause we're done. Scott had a delivery. Um, but what we've learned is that we both think that Mickelson can win again, but we don't think he'll win a major, but if he does, we want him to win when he's about 56 or 59. That's what I we agree. Which you like, probably, he just won so he can win again. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Lou absolutely despises Tom Watson. I do too. Oh, right. oh, <laughs> Perfect. Well, on that bombshell, I'm ending. I do too. So I love Tom Watson and I want them all to stop hating on him now. Um, but Phil was fantastic. I thought the PGA was fantastic because to be fair in the UK, and I'm not sure if it's the same for you guys, um, the PGA can be a bit of a flop event. Like it can be the one that we don't really care that much about. But sure. I think this one was an absolute standout. And thank you, Phil. Thank you for winning over the, all thank the times you you've winning. played. And thank you for showing us right. slightly older people that we are still brilliant and we are still relevant. We're all brilliant and cool guys. Did you know that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I have one final story. Uh, so, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to call his name out. Cause I don't know if he would, he would, he would like this, but okay. a friend of mine worked uh, as a shot link volunteer at the PGA this last week. Oh, cool. And he texted me on Sunday night and he's like, man, he's like, I, I feel, and he's a pretty, um, 
he's a pretty deadpan kind of a guy, right? <laughs> and, and so he's not a joker in any way, shape, or form. He's always really serious. Yeah. He's kind of like an accountant, basically. Um, so super serious, or like an actuarialist, right? <laughs> some, some accountants Actual. are fun. Yeah, so all of our accountants so, just unsubscribed. Yeah. Listen, I'm a data nerd too, so yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm boring and dull and no fun at parties. Um, and so he texts me and he's like, man, I feel so bad. He's like, he's like, I didn't say anything, but I saw Mickelson roll his ball on 16 on Friday. And I was like, my head. What does that, kind mean? Of ex- what does that mean? Rolling oh, he, ball? He, he moved his ball. He improved his lie. He improved his lie. So he, he moved his right. ball on 16 and I, so this- my head kind of exploded. I was like, Oh my, like, cause I initially believed it. Cause it's not in this guy's personality. And then I texted him. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, you can't be serious. He's like, ah, I gotcha. I'm only kidding. Yeah. For, for about three minutes, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe this. Cause this guy would not, he would not really yeah, joke yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so anyway, and you just have on this podcast. Brilliant. Um, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> relaying second what I heard. Everyone listening was like, what? <laughs> what's happening i wasn't i knew this was going to be going somewhere because there's <laughs> yeah. zero chance that happened no zero chance there's like a million eyes on him so anyway now, i'll finish go. with with my one comment because go what on. mark was just talking about there like hey it's inspiration for us older guys it is but the one yeah. thing i'll also say about a guy like mickelson is he's been a good i mean he's two years older than me obviously i've been watching this since we were kids also He's been good at golf since he was born, essentially. It's, it's really amazing. But from a physical standpoint, he's not a wiry guy like a tiger where he's really putting a ton of torque into that lower back and all that. He's just a big dude that's hitting it far by being big. But also, you know, there's, there's video legendary of him high kicking over Bubba Watson's head, which is similar to Sam Snead used to do that over a golf cart. Mm. And just he's just a genetic freak i mean to be able to do that and if you saw the video that he posted that people were retweeting this last few days of him working out back in 2019 and seeing that dude put in the work at 49 because he's like i'm not done yet yeah yeah that's the thing to me where it's like yeah i agree tiger might have driven him but this guy is just you know like a lot of peak performers on the pga tour just a little bit of a single-minded focused dude that's just like i can't not do this and absolutely and i I totally agree with that it's a great point to finish on and it can't be forgotten with phil is that he with the joking the fun side the smiles the coffees all the things he says the dude is working hard isn't he he's not stopping he's his work ethic has got to be celebrated and you just have that ethos in life don't even have to apply it to golf you're just gonna have more success than someone not so a really good point there scott to finish on there we go i think we're all big fans of phil some of us not so much tom bit shocked with that (laughs) but we'll move on um and thank you everybody for listening if you enjoyed the podcast make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss out on the next great hack it out golf podcast